Welcome everybody to the Seattle Sports Union Podcast. My name is Abraham Deweese. I am back once again with the SoCal Seahawk, Robert English, the Soul Man, Brian Page, and that damn dirty duck, Matt Page. I'm Brian Page now, really? Yeah, I was... Brian Page, I, Matt Page. No. Robert we're not, Page. We're not related. Everybody's a page. Sorry, <laughs> Brian, the Soul ahead. Man, Solak. He really, he really wanted to rush to how bad he hates the ducks. I... <laughs> yeah, I had to bypass you, Brian, to, to get in a dig on, on that. Right. But um, no, we're back once again, and this time it's not under great circumstances. It's after a silly, darn loss that I embarrassing. I, I feel like it might have been the biggest choke job. And uh, forget the introductions. I wanna I wanna commiserate with you fellers. Uh, it, I think it's the biggest choke job of the Pete Carroll era. What do you guys think? I disagree. I mean, it's the biggest home choke job, but you th- go back to 2015 where we were on the road at Cincinnati. We're up 24-7, and we blew it. They, they tied it up in the fourth quarter, and we lost in overtime. So that was a 17-point lead. So Oh, really? Oh, I forgot yeah. about that. Was that the missed field goal? I believe I believe so. And, but- and I believe that was the – oh, my God. This was the same one where Neil deGrasse Tyson said that it was possible that the – Earth's rotation oh. might have made us miss <laughs> yes. that field goal. Uh, yeah, that's right. And, it had uh, to spin to the ball or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah some sort of some sort of force of nature. Uh, or we screwed up. Or he just missed it. Right. <laughs> okay, no, that one, okay. Uh, I, I don't, I'd forgotten about that I'd game. forgotten about that one. I had blocked it out of my memory for good reason. Thanks for making me remember that. Yeah, my pleasure. <laughs> all, all right, guys, Matt, Rob. Maybe not of all time, maybe not of the Pete Carroll but at least of this year, this was the biggest choke job. Uh, <laughs> that is a factual statement. Yes. Well, it's the biggest choke job in, in recent years, for sure. I think, uh, I don't remember when that, when the Neil deGrasse Tyson play was, but, um, you know, save for that one. I, I, I can't think of another game that we just, I mean, just a complete, as I said before, I think I saw on, on Facebook, I think I posted, that was a, a beautiful, glamorous just amazing house of cars that we built in the first half and it was equaled only by its monumental collapse in the second half and and it just it it was unbelievable just watching it happen and and you know derrick henry i don't don't want to get ahead of myself but derrick henry um once he broke that big one i just kind of knew that took the wind out of the sails and it was going to continue and and that it did a real story here i turned to my friend with about 13 14 minutes left in the game we went up uh, by 14, I believe. Uh, and just before we missed the extra point, I, I said, look, am, am I wrong? Do I feel, I feel uncomfortable with a 14 point lead. And he said, well, you're a Seahawks fan. <laughs> oh. uh, did you guys think we had, did you guys at the moment in time, be honest, did you think we had it in the bag? I did. I thought we had it in the bag. I, I thought based on the way that we had played Derrick Henry all game, all first half and most of the way through the third quarter, like I, I thought that just on that aspect alone, there was no way that that team was going to get back into it because they couldn't run the ball. And I was like, King Henry, who, you know, because <laughs> he wasn't, you know, he was like eight, six, like 16 for 49 or something like that in the first half or something, something ridiculous, you know? And, and I was like, dude, we got this guy, we got this guy hung, you know? And then, and then, then it happened, you know what I mean? And, but I still didn't believe that it was, you know, you know, when my, we you know when, when, when I had my first bit of doubt and even after this, I still didn't believe we were going to lose, but my first bit of doubt was when Myers missed the extra point. I don't know what is up with this guy and his extra points. He can't miss from the field, but his PATs, it's, it, it, it's, <laughs> it's a crapshoot. I don't understand. I just don't understand it. Yeah, it's something like 18, 20 games that he's not missed a field goal. Uh, but last year, he missed extra points all the time. All the time. It, it, it's, in, it's in the 30s, right? He's in the 30s for consecutive field goals right now. Oh, it's 30s. Oh, my God. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's multiple years. It's definitely yeah, multiple that's years. Crazy. Yeah, that's yeah, crazy. He, he's, he's in his 30s for consecutive points made. Or not points, but uh, field goals made. But yeah, He's worth the money. Yeah, uh, but those those one points will kill you though. Those won't one it? points. Yeah. <laughs> why we should just maybe we should just keep him as our field goal kicker and always go for two. Go for <laughs> you know. We'll probably have better percentage of success. Yeah, right? definitely. I I don't know. Like 
Rob, it doesn't surprise me that you had some optimism. Um, flip side of the coin with me, obviously. Uh, what about you guys, Brian? Um, like you said, I felt the momentum change. Momentum changed after that happened. I mean, back to what you're saying about Myers. A little known fact: he's missed 12 extra points the last four seasons. That's pretty, pretty bad, in my opinion. That's not but, good. No, it's not. But you could feel it just watching from home that the momentum was changing, and unfortunately, it did. So. Momentum, it's all about the big Mo, right? I mean, that first, the difference between the first half and the second half, night and day, two yep. different teams. And I'm just curious, like, especially with the offense, we saw what Shane Waldron was all about in that first half. And then we saw the second half of last season and what that was all about. What happened? I wish you know, I, I wish I knew. Uh, I think maybe we tried to get a little too conservative and hold on to the win. You know, hold on to the lead. Stop doing the the the, the things that had gotten us the thirty points. Um, but you know, that's the kind of game that Derek, Derek Henry plays. He wore he just wore us down. He just I mean he just keeps coming. He's a load. He's huge. He's relentless he's he he's he's marshawn basically part two I but mean, that doesn't happen that doesn't happen in football in football when you get down by hefty amount and in the nfl you know 14 points is a hefty amount in the fourth yeah. quarter usually you switch to the passing game this is a team that got back nope. into the game with no passing attack they're running the offense that pete carroll wishes he could run right is what they're doing i uh, think control the ball and kill clock and run, 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 run. I think it, it, it goes that. So after, after I've calmed down, cause I was, I was livid obviously after, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. after Sunday and after I calmed down and did my research and rewatched the game a, t- a time or two and, and listened to Pete Carroll speak a few times and listened to all the so-called experts talk. When you really go back and look at it, um, you know, the, the game, the numbers of the game were really skewed. I mean, Seattle never we never had a chance to really establish our offense because we were scoring quick over and over and over again. We didn't have really we had one sustained drive and that was the one that we went down and scored real quick right before the half. And that, that was really the only the only drive where we really asserted our dominance. Every single one of those other scores were big plays. And, and, and then the, the one to Freddie Swain was a complete and total misstep on the, by the, um, by the uh, Tennessee defense, you know, so we never actually established, you know, whether it was Pete's or Shane's, you know, game plan on, on from, from the, from the offensive side of the football, we never really got in there. So um, Pete explained later on that, you know, it was, you know, we, we never, um, you we weren't really able to, established the running game the way you wanted to, the way that Derrick Henry did to us, you know, with beating on us all game long. And then finally it breaks. We never got that with Chris Carson, you know, so we never, we, so their, their defensive line was strong in the third and fourth quarter. You know, we, we they just, they, 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 and our, and our offense, you know, was, or our defense was on the field all game long. I think we had the ball for 20 minutes to their 40. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. It, when you, yeah, when you, when you look at that, all the things really, I mean, it was the perfect setup for a monumental collapse. And, so, and, you know, so it might've been smoke and mirrors. Uh, like you said, that Freddie Swain play, uh, that was just playing bad defense. And then the Tyler Lockett touchdown, that was also like a circus show with two guys just running at each other. Um, thinking that they should tackle each other rather than lock it. Who had the ball. Uh, so yeah, we had, I, I we had 56, 56 rushing yards by our two running backs. And one of the, and, and 25 of that was one run by Alex Collins. Chris Carson never really got going. He had 13 rushes for 31 yards. He averaged 2.4. I mean, he got two touchdowns, but he never, yeah, he never really had a chance to really get rumbling, get rolling. Did you guys notice that what Tannehill did, was just take the throw that was there and in the second half. Yeah. Especially, especially in the last half. Yeah. And then Russell, like the one thing that I thought the Shane Waldron offense was going to do was give him options on checkdowns. I was at the game and I saw a little bit of what happened last year where there was a running back in the flat and he just chose not to go that way. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think what, what happened was we had so much success taking those shots early. I think Russell was just resting on that. I think he was just choosing to believe that it was going to continue to be there and that the, that the receivers were going to be able to make plays downfield. Um, and he, I mean, especially in that in the overtime, like he was just tossing it down there. And and that's and it, it looked very much like the same decisions he was making early in the game. Uh, but, you know, they, they made the adjustments. It, it sounds like, you know, you talk about, you know, when the team, the team that's down makes adjustments, the other team has to make the adjustment to the adjustment. Right. And I, it feels like I feel like Seattle just didn't make the adjustment to the adjustment. They just considered they just con, they were content with continuing to do what they did, which that got them there. And in, in, in that in the defense of that, if they had made some changes and started doing stuff different and they would have lost doing that, we would we'd still be have something to say about it. Right. Why would they just keep on doing what, what got them there in the first place? You know, right. so that's football. Was Pete Carroll outcoached? Or do you think he was, Brian? I think he was. I think you maybe had a little bit too much. Of the I bubbly. don't. Rabel is is a very good coach. I don't have really. any evidence to refute you, Brian. Uh, because no, there's a quality coach on the other sideline there. Um, he deserves credit. Um, but no, I yeah, I mean to your to your point about what they kept they kept doing, uh, that possession they had in overtime, I was just, it was last year again. Let's throw the ball really deep. Let's throw the ball really deep. <clears throat> Let's try to throw the ball really deep and get sacked. I thought that game Let's against punt. Indianapolis had gotten those sillies out of this offense. Yeah. Because I'm, it doesn't I, need to be a home run shot every time. You just need to get a first I'll down. take singles. Work I'll on take that. singles. Brian, you warned yes. us. You warned us preseason. You warned us that there's holes in this defense. Uh, you didn't. You didn't. You didn't jump on my train. Of I was super duper positive. Like, this is a much better defense, but uh, we saw holes, didn't we? Oh, yes, we did. Um, we'll start with a secondary. I Trey Flowers missed a huge tackle on Derrick Henry when he, he ran that for 60 yards and let, allowed him to score. But we also got the defense, the defensive line. I didn't see much of a pass rush during the game. What would he have two or three sacks during the game? Um, Jamal Adams, I mean, obviously, he's a superstar, but. There are some plays where I was like, what, what the hell is he doing? He's uh, Pete Carroll even said Monday during his press conference that they're working on Jamal Adams aggressiveness on the field. And his, he quoted work. He's a work in progress. I thought that was kind of interesting. Rob is, is the giant check is the giant checkbook and checking account that he has in his back pocket, weighing him down and he can't get to the quarterback anymore. No, no, I don't. I don't think so at all. Um, I, I, I mean, first of all, I saw um, Jamal Adams in the backfield, just coming so close to making plays a couple different times. The one, the sack they did get, he jumped off sides, which was really unfortunate. I mean, he was just a beat too early, um, you know. But that's nothing new. I mean, we one one Michael Bennett used to do that all the time, yeah. you know. So we we shouldn't get too upset about that. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, I saw him getting in there. I mean, they, they blocked up, they, they, they blocked up the passes and the runs, you know, quite well. Uh, um, I, I saw one, I mean, he, he was getting so close. He just couldn't get there. Um, I, I don't, I don't really blame Trey flowers on not being able to take down Derrick Henry because who can in that situation oh, when, yeah. when the guy is, when the guy's again, gets the corner and you gotta, and he gets, he gets around the edge and you have a, a guy like Trey flowers trying to take him down. It's an obvious win for, for, for Derrick Henry. So, I was not really upset about uh, Flowers not making that play. What really, what really caused that play to happen though was actually Jamal Adams, who, 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 uh, who crashed down on the play and he came in a little too shallow and allowed Henry to bounce it outside. Um, and so it will, it left Trey Flowers on an island with him, and you know that that's a lose. Just, there's just no way. The, the, I still think Trey Flowers has some responsibility there, but you're right. The bigger, the two, the two bigger fails on that 60 yard run was Adams not containing the edge, which is his responsibility. And then Diggs made a horrible break on the running back. He, he ended up, you know, instead of going laterally and waiting for support, he went in and then, you know, uh, he's fast for his size. Henry is super fast for his size. And mm -hmm. I don't know how a superstar like that you underestimate. And he seemed to underestimate him. 
underestimate. No, I know speed. exactly what you're talking about. When Diggs, Diggs took his angle on Henry, and by the time he got to like in line with Henry, he was already five yards behind him. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, exactly. What are you doing, dude? Like, <laughs> it was just a bad angle. Yeah, he. Uh, it's like he didn't really want to tackle him. He didn't want to end up posterized by Derrick Henry. Did you guys notice this uh, as 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 much as I did? Like, I noticed a lot of. Uh, uh, crashing in from the ends and i don't know if that's by design or just poor discipline because there is a touchdown there was a touchdown to the left uh inside the 10 by henry and that was caused on a cutback he went right cut back went around and daryl taylor the uh the second year out of tennessee did the exact thing exact same thing adams did he got swallowed up and buddy that's your that's your that's your uh, job is to hold that backside and not let him come back. But he got swallowed up in the middle like everybody else did. Yeah. I mean, you got to give some credit to that, to that Titans offensive line at some point, you know I mean? They, 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 they did their job. I think, I think what it really comes down to in this game is that again, the 40 to 20 with the, with the time of possession, I think probably on that, on that Titan silent, they were like, look, Dude, we've had the ball all game long. If we just keep on doing what we do, if we just keep on running our game plan, we're going to get back into this. That wave has to has to break and roll back at some point. I think that's really what it was. They realized that what was do what was happening on the Seattle offense probably could not be sustained. Yeah, but come on, man. Uh, let me go over to Matt here. Matt, you're the you're, you're the master of the Oregon gimmick offense. <laughs> it's it's all predicated on the defensive end. It was never end screw- a gimmick offense. Well, you just answer the question. It's all predicated on the defensive end screwing up, isn't it? Wait, so say the question again. Sorry. Yeah, you bet. Daryl Taylor on that run where yeah. Henry went to the right, came back around. Uh, Taylor decided he got he's going to go inside rather than maintain yeah. the back edge. And Oregon made, you know, Chip Kelly made a career out of exploiting that. <sighs> I think I, I think it's uh, you need to take into account you've got one of you know top three uh, debatably running back in the league right there. You got a guy that you know like like uh, Rob was saying about Trey Flowers on that play. There's no way Trey. Play, I mean, you need you need Trey Flowers and three other guys to drag this guy down. I mean, he's he is a load. He is huge. He's a truck dump truck, you know, and and he's not going to stop and. Yeah, I mean, maybe that was a mistake by Taylor, but, you know, this is, for all intents and purposes, this is his rookie year because he didn't play it all last year. So you got to you gotta take that with a grain of salt, I guess. I mean, I wouldn't be too hard on him because it is a superstar versus a rookie, you know, and rookies are going to make mistakes. Okay, well, obviously, Rob and Matt are not falling into my bait. Brian, this is an <laughs> undisciplined team. Am I wrong? We seem undisciplined right now. I agree with you 100% on that. I mean, all you have to do is look at the freaking penalties. Seven first downs allowed in this in this season so far. Yeah. By that, by stupid nonsense. By the way, uh, I, I, you know, I, I know the penalties are going to happen, but it just seems like a lot. Yeah. We had 10 for 100 yards that game. That was ridiculous. Well, and, and DK needs to uh, settle down. Well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. That's part of that's part of what I'm talking about is the undisciplined. Yeah. Um, but can you tell a person who has played that way their whole life to stop being that person? No, not necessarily. I mean, part of what makes him great is you know he plays with that that intensity, and and you know it shows. Um, he's going to have occasional you know frustrations and so forth, but he's got to learn. He's a professional now. He's got to learn. There are rules and you got, you got to keep within the rules. I mean, but guys, isn't the book, isn't the book on Metcalf right now? Look, if you just mess with his head, make him start worrying more about, you know, trying to push you and punch you. He's going to stop focusing on the plays and the routes. Well, he's never been the biggest cerebral receiver to begin with. (laughs) The knock on him out of college was, this guy ain't too bright, but he's an amazing athlete and he can run, you know, he can run a post and a, and a vertical and that's about it. Um, but he'll, he'll, he'll burn your, your secondary. And so, you know, I mean, yeah, that, that it's a weakness of his game that he's built on that Russell spent time with him on and he immediately, you know, took everything to heart that Russell did. And that's why he's reached the level of play he has, but well, yeah, he's still got to, he's still got to, 
work on himself. Rob, you, you, it sounded like you had a different opinion. Oh, yeah. there. I, I, I'm of the opinion that you can mess with this guy's head. You're saying no? I don't, I don't, I, I won't sign on for that. I, I think the guy plays with passion. And I think a lot of these guys do. Uh, he is a focal point of this offense. Everyone is looking at him just about at, at all. I mean, all time. Like he was, it was, it was, what is DK going to do this season? All off season, you know, the, the, all the, the, the light is on him. I mean, not taking anything away from Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett is, is has proven that he's great. But it's all about what is DK going to be. He, DK is the new, uh, the new, uh, uh, um, uh, the new, uh, the new hotness. Yeah, the new. Uh, you know, <laughs> what's the guy guy from uh, Detroit? Um, his name is escaping me right now. Megatron. Megatron. Thank you. Yeah, he, you know, he's, he's the new Megatron. He's this. He has. He's going to do. He's got more yards at this point than Megatron did. Blah 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 blah. So you know that he's the focal point, and so. Um, it's it, it, the, the light is on him. Those guys are all out there playing with passion. Who was the, the, the defender? Was it DJ Reed that got a penalty as well? You know, um, I'm going to or... dispute that penalty and I'd like to throw a flag on that ref. I didn't see anything <laughs> wrong. I, yeah, I see cool. nothing yes. wrong. Yeah. With what you he know, did. why can't we do that? <laughs> you know, I, I, I definitely disagree with the way that they're calling these, these taunting and, and, you know, unsportsmanlike iconic penalties. Um, but it sounds like it's very clear what they're asking for and what they're asking not to happen. You know what I mean? But I don't know if it's really the, the real life application of it is, is, is feasible, but I mean, literally you can, you can do the same at the same action. You just can't do it while you're looking at the guy who, who you just, you know, made the play on. And, and I mean, it, it's apparently just that simple. You know, you can, you can flex, you can scream, you can do whatever you want to do, but you just can't do it while you're looking at the guy. And I mean, and if you if you look at it like that, it's it's quite simple. But can you really apply that to these gladiators that are out there on the field, killing themselves, you know, you know, for for a living? I, I don't know if that really makes much sense. I do that during chess. <laughs> like, are you telling me like a physical sport like that? Like, you can't do that. I, I'm always like, you know, uh, check bitch you know like, <laughs> as, as someone who's been on the receiving end of that i can confirm that not necessarily with chess but with another game or two <laughs> he definitely does i don't know the, the toughest sport in the world the tough you know toughest men in the world and what somebody's feelings gonna get hurt because reed tackled a guy and prevented the catch big deal i don't know like i like i said you're a professional now you're paid millions that's just it this isn't like peewee league and this, this isn't this is not this is not college this is not you know little league it's professional and there are rules and you don't want to punish your team by screwing up those rules you get angry you run off you go off the sideline and run behind your bench and then scream all you want go ahead whatever yell it throw a throw a chair who cares it's off the field it's off the record no one no one cares but You'll get, you'll get on TV probably, but, but you won't get a penalty. I don't know, you man. Know? Like Richard Sherman would have been suspended for his entire career. If this was, the, <laughs> Pretty much. this was the rule. Yep. Yeah. Deion Sanders would have yeah never been drafted <laughs> if this was a rule. You, you have to be able, you have to be able to, to, to let that emotion out. You have to, you have to be able oh, yeah. to get it. I mean, as long as you're not physically harming the other player now that'd be different you know i mean you're not getting in this in his face spitting on him or anything like that that, that that that's okay that's a different thing but just saying you know let's go and flexing on him you know what i mean you know like whatever you say whenever you make a play on somebody and you direct at the player you made the play on i mean that that's just that's that's, that's competition yeah that's competition right there it is so yeah the nfl is, is is making a mistake right there which i mean which is par for the course where every time they make these new rule changes it's usually not a good one you know but well, what do you guys think about next week? Let's take a look at the Vikings. Uh, I'm going to ask your predictions in a minute, but I just, I'm just curious if we lose that, are we screwed in this NFC West? If we get a one and two, Brian, not necessarily. I mean, it's three games into the season. I mean, we still got to play against our division. Um, Maybe Minnesota is possible. They're going to rise to the occasion just like Tennessee did this past week. So I, I, I wouldn't be too concerned. I mean, the penalties got to, you know, decrease. I mean, leading the league in penalties is not good for this ball club. And we do have a few injuries, but if we can stop Dalvin cook, I think we can pull out this victory, but if we lose, it's, it shouldn't be that much of a concern, I guess. All right. Brian's willing to accept a loss. I'm okay. not. What about you other guys? 
I think it's um, unacceptable. I, we're, I mean, I don't think it's. I don't think we're screwed, but we definitely <laughs> are digging ourselves a serious hole that we really should be pretty damn concerned about. Um, Los Angeles is going to lose this next week. This against or this two. weekend against whom? And San Francisco against whom, Matt? My even money against Green Bay. Matt, who are they going to lose to? Uh, Tampa Bay. Huh? Yeah. So they'll lose. They'll lose. Oh. That'll help us. And then where? Where? Who's Arizona? Arizona's. Oh, Arizona's going to win. They're playing Jacksonville. Well, okay. wait a minute. So, yeah, listen so to we what need you're to saying. win. Listen to what. <laughs> listen to what you're saying, though. Uh, this is. You are saying this is doom because we're hoping other teams lose. We need. We we need. We're, that's a. That's I, don't the think, mar- I don't think we're screwed in that. Like our season is over, kind of screwed. I think is that what you're implying? Or? No, I'm saying the Mariners fan and you starts looking at other teams to lose rather than our team to win. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, we'll have dug a very, very big hole for ourselves and it will be, it'll make the season way tougher. I think I'm gonna, um, we do. We definitely need to get it. We definitely need to walk out of Minnesota with a win. And I'm going to guess Rob's going to tell me I'm wrong. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say that um, I believe <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say that I believe that uh, we do need to win but I don't believe that we are, you know, screwed if we lose, <clears throat> excuse me, because I don't believe that the rest of our division is as good as all of these experts are saying. Uh, at, well, let me, let me, let me, hold on, let me, let me, re, let me recheck that. Our division is really good, but they're not so much better that they're going to beat these teams that we might potentially lose to. I think this, this division is very even and all the rest of our division opponents have just as much likelihood to lose to the teams that we might lose to. So uh, are we screwed if we lose against Minnesota? Um, no, but it would be better to win. Obviously um, <laughs> it would certainly be better to win. We're digging a um, hole we don't need. Yeah. We don't want to be in that hole. Um, but I, I say this, you know, uh, we have a brand new offensive coordinator two weeks in, we've had one good week and one, not so good week. Um, you know, it, we, our defense has looked better on the whole. Now we, we did see some, 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 uh, you know, some, some glimpses of glimpses of last season, a little bit of what we're attributing to last season, what we saw the second half of, uh, of last Sunday. But um, I think the team is better and I think we're only going to get better. Um, I, I'm not worried yet, even if we, we managed to lose to Dalvin Cook um, on Sunday. I, I'm still not terribly worried. Um, like I said, three weeks after week four, if we're one and if we're one in three, okay, then <laughs> things get kind of hairy. But um, yep. yeah, I, I uh, I'm, I'm thinking that uh, win or lose on Sunday, uh, we're going to get this ship righted. To that we need point. to get Gerald Everett more involved. There is that. What go he on. only had one reception for three yards. I we talked about it on this show that he is the third receiver. He's the third option. Yes. And yep. I don't know by yeah. plan or by you know just happenstance. What happened? Why why didn't we get him the ball? I think that I think that goes back to again just the way the game played out. I mean, yeah. again, we only had the ball for 20 minutes. We hadn't, we did not, we weren't able to get into any of our game plan because we were scoring on 65 yard plays every time we scored. You know, when you give them the ball back to them, and they, we, we had, what do we have? One possession in the third quarter. We only had one possession in the third quarter. I think. Yeah. So, well, I mean, that's, know, that's right. So I don't think that's predicated on these on these long bomb touchdowns. I think that's predicated. You take a look at the last very last drive. There was a lot of ineptness on our part. Sure, sure, but I'm saying, but you know, the the are a lot of what m- caused this game to play out the way it did was that we we didn't have the ball in our hands, and if, if we were able to sustain some drives, then we can figure out where we can get the ball to Chris Carson, get the ball to Gerald Everett, you know, spread the ball around. But I mean, to, to, you can't do much in 20 minutes. <laughs> it's, <laughs> you know, it that, sucks though. That first game, we did spread the ball around. Yeah, you know, very and, effectively. You know, Right, right. It was a balanced game. I mean, Russell, Russell only Russell had only one more incompletion that he did touchdown passes. I mean, it was a, it was a balanced, efficient game against Indianapolis. Um, you know, this game was very unbalanced. It just looked like it was going to be unbalanced in our favor, you know, but it was unbalanced nevertheless. All right, guys, we weren't able to stop Derrick Henry. Can we stop Dalvin Cook of the Vikings this week? I'm so. concerned. Yeah, me too. Um, I put Cook pretty much at the same level um, in terms of quality of a rusher uh, as Henry. He's not as big, but he is just as effective. And uh, he's also involved in the passing game. 
And so he's got that extra dimension and I'm concerned. That's, that's, that's my status. I'm going to say it right now. Mark my words. I'm going to make the, make the declaration. Oh, here we go. Sweeping declaration. Ready? (laughs) We, uh, uh, Dalvin cook will be under three and a half yards of carry. Ooh. Ooh. Wow. And he will have less than 60 yards rushing. And what's your prediction for the, for the, for the victory or for the loss? It's a victory for the Seattle Seahawks. Um, And it's going to be predicated on the fact that we held down uh, Dalvin Cook much the same way we held down um, uh, uh, Derrick Henry, but continued that holding down of said player um, the entirety of the game. Brian, I I feel like I should mention before we go any further that Dalvin Cook is still he's on the injury report. He's questionable. Oh, um, there he, okay. he, he's listed as more than likely he will play. Um, I guess it's wait and see if he, play, he plays in practice tomorrow, but um, he is questionable at the moment. What's what's your evaluation, Matt, of this game? If he plays, it's going to be a tight game. If he doesn't play, we should be able to handle them pretty well, pretty, pretty, pretty handily. You're, you're on the fence. We want to get see you off the fence there, Matt. You want to get me off the fence? Get off the fence. Move the, move the fence. I'm not moving. <laughs> make a prediction, Darren, you. Oh, make a prediction. Do I need a score? Here we go. Um, yes, let's do that. I want to say Seattle 28, Vikings 24. Rob, do you want to add a score to your prediction? Uh, you know, Seattle offense looking so high powered. I don't know of anybody in that secondary. Uh, is Harrison Smith still there in Minnesota? I believe so. Harrison, yeah, it doesn't matter. Uh, Russell Wilson's <laughs> dropping dimes. Uh, he's picking up where he picking up the beginning of this season the same way he did beginning of last season. Um, I'm going to say 35, 17 Seattle Seahawks. Wow, on the road. wow, that's a wow, it's a hefty win. Yeah, you, you do realize that. Um, they have Patrick Peterson. Patrick Peterson has has and Harrison has, Smith. Yeah, but Pat, what has Patrick Peterson done against us? Really, exactly. all his all his time in in Arizona, yeah, he's never really been a huge force against us. Nope. I'm not worried about Patrick Peterson. Oh yeah, and they have the uh, UCLA linebacker core. I forgot about that. Um, my prediction: right. Dalvin, Dalvin Cook's going to run for 150 yards, but we're going to pull out the victory once again, 31 to 30. Mm. Come down to the wire. So my fantasy team will do well, is what you're saying? Yes. Okay. I would just uh, like for us not to give up 500 yards of, of offense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go 30-27 Seahawks win. Uh, but I think what happens is the the Kirk Cousins is gonna lose it for them. I really do think Kirk Cousins isn't worth the money they're spending it on him. Yeah, but like hell, I, yeah, hell, I thought this about Ryan Tannehill. I made the same prediction that Tannehill was going to lose it for them. What do I know? You know, <laughs> um, but I'm going to agree. He's overpaid, but I think he's a solid quarterback. He's paid like a star. He's paid like a star. He shouldn't be. I think he's like, he's probably like average to good. I think. Yeah. I mean, he's solid. He's not, he's not, he doesn't hurt you too much. I got he's one. As good la- as, he's as good as uh, Davis Webb. What, I got one last question. Question for Rob: um, If Brandon Shell is out this or Sunday, Davis Mills, do you think it's a big issue if Brandon Shell is out this Sunday for the Hawks? Uh, um, is it a big deal? Uh, yeah, I mean it's 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 a big deal. I mean because he he has he started for us the first few games, right? Yep. yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's a big deal. I mean, cause offensive line consistency has been an Achilles heel of ours, you know, for many seasons, you know, in, in succession now. Yeah. So, yeah. um, so just, just having that, but I think, um, who comes in for him if he can't go, um, is it, uh, Fuller. It, is it Fuller? No, Fuller is going to be a Fuller. center. Another guy. Is it Jamarco Jones or I think no, it's Jamarco it's Jones. Jones. Yes. Yeah. yeah. F- yeah. Fuller, so, Matt, Matt, wait, no, it's Fuller. center. Yeah, Fuller no, came in for uh, right tackle. Oh, right tackle yeah, is tackle Jones. Is yeah, yeah. Marco Jones. Yeah, Fuller yeah. came in for uh, Posick. Fuller's Fuller's center. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Right. 
Yeah. So no, uh, I I think I think uh, you know if if Russell can if Russell can be decisive in the pocket, we can kind of you know um, kind of counteract the, the whatever um, shortcoming we have at the tackle position. Because um, Shell's on the he's on the right side, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's on the right side. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean Russell just has to Russell's a right-handed quarterback, so he's got to be able to see that and be able to duck out of that stuff, you know, if it's if it's coming his way. Um, you know, uh, if if Russell can can be you know on his you know on his toes, um, I think we can go ahead and and it won't be too much of an issue. If it was on the left side, I think it would be a bigger problem. But if uh, like Dwayne Brown wasn't there or whatever, but. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I, I think we'll be okay. I think Russell has. Made, I mean, he's made a career out of doing this, so uh, I think it's not the worst thing in the world. Right on, right on. Well, I want to thank you very much, Robert the SoCal Seahawk English, for joining us uh, again this week. And we'll hopefully. Uh, I think next week we have a special guest, but we'll get to the week after that. Um, we have next week Mitch Levy from uh, Sports Radio, so he'll be our special guest. Um, and uh, but I do want to appreciate. I do want to throw all the appreciation out there for you, Robert, because you have all these good vibes and you have all these positive thoughts that keep me from, uh, basically sinking the West coast in my, in my, (laughs) in my pessimism and misery. But, um, but But you just have a a baffling obsession with Rashad Penny. I just baffling. I'm telling you, you guys just you just don't don't fall asleep on the guy. Just don't fall asleep. It's, it's coming. It's coming. Okay. Tell right. me. You have a quick shout out. You mentioned can... it earlier. Do you still have that quick shout out, Rob? Yeah, you guys are gonna love this. Abe's Abe's gonna love this. Oh, I yeah. my shout out is um for uh, Mr. Matt Page um Uh-oh. because I mean just congratulations on your number three ranked Oregon Ducks. Wow. Uh, I mean uh, they just jinxed football. it right there. That that that, that just that ruined it. <laughs> I'm sorry, that... dude. What do you mean that that Ohio State game? That if, if I mean, come on. For people, <laughs> you guys, you guys for are... people who cannot see oh. us right now, I am actually yeah. going to my mixer board and about to unplug it. Uh, okay, yeah, no. Uh, what's funny, feed, right? You unplug my feed. What, what's funny about that actually is Abraham and I had a bet, and we were both expecting our teams to lose the Huskies against Michigan the same weekend, and whoever lost by more. Uh, would win the bet and the other person had to buy them beer. And and I was watching the Ohio State game going, I guess I owe him a beer. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, I win that one. Um, Yay, you win a beer. <laughs> where, where can people find you, Rob? Where can people find you? You can find me on Podbean. You can find me on Apple Podcasts. You can find me on Spotify, uh, Short Yardage with the SoCal Seahawk, Robert English. Uh, like, subscribe, follow, all that good stuff. Sweet. Excellent. All, All right. right uh, have a good have a good night, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks, Thanks for, for stopping guys. by. Thanks. Good night. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. All right, guys. We're about to get Rich Michelson, our sounder expert, on this call here in a minute. Um, yeah. But in the meantime, Solak actually wanted to call out Matt Page. I I on a do. Very serious oh. Seattle, Seattle Mariners sweep Oakland A's four games in a row and we're two games back in the two wild games back you got to get on the freaking bandwagon buddy and root for these guys i'm rooting for them it, it's real dude we no, got nine, was it, nine games left come you, on man you're kind of not it's not gonna no. happen but it's great it's gonna happen no. because red Sox are gonna kick the shit out of the yankees this weekend oh i hope so i always like watching the yankees lose red and the mariners are gonna keep winning and they're gonna play the red Sox in the playoffs i don't think you're excited man what, what about toronto if Toronto lost tonight, they're losing. They're yeah, they lost to, to, by Minnesota. We're going to okay. bypass them this weekend and we're going to freaking go ahead. And okay. by next week, we're going to be in the playoffs. And then you'll get excited, right, Matt? We'll see. No, <laughs> you, you need to go on record right now. If we're in the wild of course, card, I'm excited. I just, I, I've been burned 20 straight years. You're not okay. excited. You're angry. There's a difference. I have no trust in this team. I, it, they, they have they have hurt me emotionally, spiritually, physically, and and it's hard for me to trust again. Okay, I'm like I'm like. Uh, well, uh, okay, I don't want to make that comparison on the podcast. Never mind. I'm gonna move on. <laughs> so, what do you? Uh, we got a message from our friend Ian earlier today, and he wanted to bring in Marcus Seaman. You brought up a good point. Where does he play? Second in, base. Yep. Second. In, infield's not really a problem on this team. Well, you're going to have one hole because Kyle Seeger. I'm not resigning him. 
Yeah, me either. Can Seaman play third base? Taro. He probably can. He just hasn't. Taro's a better option. Move Taro to third and put Seaman in second. I know it's not Seaman and Semyon, but. <laughs> yeah, Semyon. Um, or, or here's the alternative. <laughs> He'll always be Seaman to me. Yeah, the, the alternative <laughs> is go get go replace a Seager with a Seager and put him at third because he's actually a better third baseman than he has a shortstop. Corey. Right. Corey. Well, I mean, the bigger, the bigger problems at first base, isn't it? I mean, that's the biggest. Well, but I, but I, but I want to have, I, I want to see the Mariners do that stupid nickname, uh, uh, uniform again. And he can just be little bro. <laughs> um, but no, cause, cause Kyle yeah. was Corey's brother or whatever. Right. Ty France is our first baseman next year. Abe. I think he's a DH tuning. I really a, think he's a DH. I don't Evan's think he's going to be baseman. in triple a. Oh, he no. can't. He's well, got a major league contract. Yeah, he's oh, actually no, out. Damn it. Yeah, he has to be on the no 25 man roster, 26 man roster. He has no he, options. Um, he has no options. It's not possible because he has a major league contract. I forgot about that. He'll be a Vogelbach then. He'll play periodically. <laughs> um, yeah, he'll be he'll be he'll be platooning at first, and France will alternate between first and DH, <laughs> is my guess. Um no, what they should is there do, any hang on, hang on. I just got a question. Is there is there any free agent first baseman of note that could Andy come in? Rizzo? Yeah, Rizzo. He's not going to get re-signed by the Yankees? He, he got traded to the Yankees, and I doubt they'll re-sign him. He hasn't been very good for them since they trade. Oh, he hasn't? Okay. No, he's been hitting like 160 or something. He's not having a good time. we got enough he of was, those guys. He, we was, got enough he really took it hard getting traded from Chicago. He really yeah. took it hard. Yes, he did. I agree with you. Oh, do you think maybe he might... Uh, I don't know if I want to spend that much money on a guy that's kind of on the downside. Well, if he takes a reduced rate, um, that's the problem is that see, uh, the, the Mariners are going to have to open their wallet and overpay for the first couple seasons for re, <clears throat> re- agents. Yeah. Yep. But you know, it, it would be amazing to get Max Scherzer to head up the staff, but the reality is, you know, if we, if we match the Dodgers and the Yankees and the Red Sox and whoever else uh, in terms of money, we're not going to get picked. Nope. He's going to go to a team that has a World Series roster. And we have next year with the right pickups, we have a playoff roster. We don't have a guaranteed, you know, World Series looking roster. We definitely have a playoff roster. Um, does he want to take that role late in his career? Probably not. He wants to just go to a World Series. So the Dodgers, well, who are probably going to get rid of somehow find a way out from the legal uh, of Trevor Bauer's contract. We'll get out from that, and then we'll throw that money at, at Scherzer, and he'll probably stay in New York in, in L.A. for the rest of his career. Is my 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 bet? Right, or he'll end up wanting a eight year contract, which <laughs> I think he I think he'll ask for a four year, and somebody's going to be stupid enough to give it to him. I think he's got maybe two two and a half more years left good in his arm, but probably the West Coast Yankees will do it. Do you think the Cubs? Well, like I said, yeah, you get you get Trevor Bauer's contract voided, and because yep. he's in jail or something, and then you, you know you you have the money. Do you think the Cubs would want him back? Cubs? Yeah. Rizzo? Oh, Rizzo. We're back Rizzo, on Rizzo. Yeah, yeah I'm going back to that. Rizzo. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I could see that. I could see them and I could see him, you know, signing up to be a be uh go back and and um help them get some young pieces and and finish his career as a cub. I can see that. There's our sounder guy. What's up? Oh, there he is. We've He's got still the connecting old... to audio. Richard the Ram Michelson is going to be joining us here for the last, uh, yeah, for about the last 10 minutes of our show, 15, 15 minutes of our show. Um, last, last night for all you, uh, fans out there of the, the old sounders, um, the, they took on Leon, which I, I suspect is a, I, if I remember right, is a uh, Mexican team in a league called the, uh, it's a championship. No. It's called, well, Rich will tell us what league it's called. The league's, Liga MX, I think. No, it's not Liga MX. It's called, oh, it's called you the league. You are wrong. It's you called, are wrong. You are wrong. <laughs> Sit there and stew in your wrongness. It is Liga MX. No, yes. it's the league's yes. cup. It's the league's cup is what it's called. Well, the, their opponent. No, but the team's from. The, Solak, from who doesn't know soccer, got it right. Gotta That's not what I was trying to say. I was, saying, I was trying to say that they played in the league's cup. The Sounders do not play in Liga MX, so guys. <laughs> no, they do not play in the Mexican League. Okay, but uh, Rich, um, you, you basically what you're trying to tell us 
as always, whenever you're wrong, is you you knew what you meant to try to say. I was filling airtime until you figured out how to get yourself off of mute. That's what I was trying to do. Well, there it wasn't getting off of mute. It was uh, getting logged on at all. But anyway, my fellow's doing. Doing good. good. Harry, doing good. You? Except for I'm good. I'm good. I'm a little disappointed about last night's match. Yes. Tell us. Uh, I want to ask you about last night's match. First of all, what was it? It's called League's Cup. It's League's Cup. It's a new venture. Um, in the last five years, uh, the Mexican League and MLS have been getting closer and closer uh, business-wise. They've been doing a lot of exhibitions between both teams. Uh, the reason is the Mexican League is actually the most popular league in North America. Um, and it's the most popular and most watched league in the United States. More and than the MLS. More than MLS, more than the Premier League, more than the Bundesliga, more than Italian Serie A or the Spanish La Liga, where um, you know Messi played for 15 years and Ronaldo as well. Um, it is it is head and shoulders above everything else. And Major League Soccer wants to tap into that, right? And Liga MX is a fun league to watch as long as you ignore the flopping. Um, but they, they have a, a really good domestic league. It's really fun. If you ever get to watch, uh, they've had a few, few matches on Twitter, broadcast on Twitter with English announcers. And boy, like it, it can be really a fun thing. Um, and so what they're trying to do is um, have more opportunities to sell more tickets. I mean, is really what it boils down to. It's a great business opportunity for them. But it's also a really good opportunity for Major League Soccer to be able to play more meaningful games against international competition um, because you only will get better if you have a chance to play against, you know, opposition that's better. So Matt, and, Matt Page, for, and don't let me speak for you, Matt, because, you know, I know you feel strongly about this, but you would find this not a meaningful game, right? Not at all. And why, why was that? Why? Be because we're a major league soccer team and our goal is to win the major league soccer cup. And, and, and we're not doing that. Yeah. I mean, so Rich, this almost seems, this seems like a exhibition. It seems like it it's wears gonna, us out. It's going to burn us out for, yeah, exactly. For the season. Because we've always been opposed to all these extra little cups and extra little games. Challenging here. Here is, here is the long-term thing of why it's good for you winning the major league soccer cup, which is, it's just MLS cup. But anyway, getting another star on the uniform, another championship banner to hang up there. Um, you know, at, uh, what is it? Lumen field, right. I, I it had so many names now. Um, uh, anyway, the, the key is major league soccer is not going to ever get the players that they want to, they're not going to get the recognition they want to unless they have more money. And this is a way to get more money. It improves the quality of play on the field. This, this will help major league soccer move up the chain um, higher and higher, closer and closer to the European leagues ultimately. Um, so but why did the Sounders have to take the take it for the team? Why why are we always punished? Why are well, our players always stolen and mm -hmm. and and sent to a, a U.S. team or whatever? Right. And and why why you know our our it's like it's like okay you're you're the Seattle Seahawks, but in order to make the NFL better, you got to go you got to go play these teams from NFL Europe for a while. Well, it, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Your goal is, is to win is, the Super where, Bowl. Where you, you you keep forgetting that Major League Soccer is the NFL Europe. No, I I, I understand that. I'm saying okay. I'm just saying it's like it's it's just it, it just it's excess. It's I don't see. I, I'm going to feel goal like, as I'm going to feel. Team, I'm going to feel. Your goal is to win the MLS Cup. It yeah. should be always that 100. Matt, I'm going to fill in. I'm going to fill in for you there. It, it's kind of okay. like it, it's kind of like our our well yeah you said it, it's our goal but i mean our team is punished for being better than other teams mm -hmm. that's not fair would yeah, you, we directly we, we see recognition would you like some good news 
But yeah. is there extra every record? team nope. next year is going to be in this tournament? I saw that. That's exciting. All forty-seven clubs. They said all forty-seven clubs. Everyone's going to be punished. Everyone's going to have to play at least one match. Um, except it's not. I think it's not going to be one match. I think it's going to be group play. So everyone's okay. going to have a few games, group play, and then they're going to go into the knockout. Here's here's where it matters. Um, Major League Soccer and the U.S. Federation have said that they they want to award a Champions League slot to the winner of this tournament. Um, and that is a huge club goal because the Sounders want to become an international brand representing soccer in North America. You know, this has been a stated goal of the ownership for as long as possible. Um, they want to win trophies. This is another trophy to win. Here's the other thing is that Major League Soccer, this is my guess. I don't have any facts on the, on the ground on this. They are going to reward teams that progress into this tournament with the salary cap busting money. That's what's going to happen because they want our teams to take this seriously, right? And getting a reward that lets you break the salary cap because you committed to this tournament and put your best players out there and won or got farther, right? That's that's a tangible reward, right? Because you're going to sacrifice a little bit of the wear and tear, right? Matt, your, your big thing is we're wearing ourselves out. We're not getting anything in return, right? But this we, is a thing in return that is going to happen. But is it really that great? Oh, here, you can yeah. go extra and spend extra more money. I mean, extra so it, so in a salary cap league, if you is, could have, okay, like we don't have basketball, but if you could have like three extra mid-level exceptions for veteran NBA players to, to strengthen out your bench, Mm-hmm. If you could have an extra 20 million to give a max contract to your top NBA guy or, you know, five or six, like, I don't know, above the mid-level exceptions to add three or four, you know, new defensive backs um, onto the Seahawks. God knows we need some defensive help there. Right. Like if you could break the, if you could go like play a tournament in the NFL, progress in it and then come back into league play and break the salary cap. That's a tangible thing that helps you the next season. Yeah. That, the NFL was the good example I was going to give. Is like, yeah, if the Seahawks had to go play in China against their top team, and then, you know, at, that's their 18th game of the season, but they get, you know, plus 20 million against the cap, I think you'd do it. You know, right. Like, because <laughs> uh, yeah, yes, it's wear and tear, especially if you had to do it like some crazy, like, midweek NFL game, like play on a, play on a Sunday, play on a Wednesday, play on a Sunday, right? Like it's brutal. Right. And that's, that's, that's what this, this, this comes about is it, it's, it's going to do another thing. It's going to make the team that much deeper because they're going to pour this money back into the team. They're going to be allowed to spend more. And this is going to be a reward for the teams like the Sounders, like Atlanta, like the two LA teams, that are ambitious, that really do want to push the envelope. They really want to take the league out there. They've got ownership groups that have deep pockets and ambition. And ultimately, why it matters to you is that it, it means that it's going to be a better product on the field. And you, you, I don't know if you remember a few, um, like a couple of months ago, everyone was gone on international duty. We started five teenagers in, at yeah. Austin and one, right? Mm-hmm. And I and I came on here and I praised the team for having the depth and the academy and that thing, right? But what this means is that in three or four years, you're not going to have to do that. You're just going to have a deeper roster, just mm-hmm. like more slots. There's just going to be more people on the roster because you can't possibly do a U.S. Open Cup tournament, a Champions League tournament, a League's Cup tournament, and regular season play without like five more guys on your roster. Like well, you that's just why have the, to have that many. Yeah. Otherwise you're going to, you're going to just break. Like the that's league why, is going to break. That's why the big teams in Europe uh, succeed mm-hmm. because their second team is just as good as anybody else's first team. Right. Right. Yeah. right. right. Uh, let's talk about right. on the field. Let's talk about on the field. Last night, mm-hmm. Sounders lost three to two. Mm-hmm. I thought it was, and anybody who's has me on Twitter or on Facebook knows that I thought that was the most garbage ref I've seen in a long time. He he bought every flop that the other team did, that Leon mm-hmm. did. Um, and he gave us three yellow cards 
in 20 minutes. Well, you know, the, the thing is, you know, the yellow cards were not as much my issue, right? Like, the, yes, they're a problem and it was uneven, but it's that he didn't give any to the other team, especially. So if you flop, right, and the referee, you know, he could choose to go no call. He could choose to call a foul on one team or he can charge the person who flopped that faked it with embellishment and give them a yellow card. Right. Yeah. That's a tool that referees have and rarely use. And I don't understand why the, the, the other thing I don't understand why that, that again, he didn't do is that like in soccer, you're allowed to like express your frustration in the moment. Like the referee calls you for a foul and there are going to be expletives coming out of, of the player's mouth in the moment, like the next five seconds, it's kind of like no harm, no foul. Right. But then if you start swearing at the referee or you go get in their face and confront them, right. We've all seen this in, in league play, but especially the Mexican and the other Latin American teams do this on a lot. You'll see like 10 guys go surround the referee and some, at some point, I just want a referee to start pulling out yellow cards. <laughs> I'm so sick of it. Yeah. I want him to yellow card every single person that gets within five feet of him when, when it's been that way. Like it's something that, that really, really bothers me. I wish that they would implement a new law of the game, you know, international soccer, as well as the club soccer and basically say that the only player that can talk to the referee, um, like in that type of situation is the captain, which um, would really bring that sort of crap out of the game, which I think would make it just a more enjoyable sport a, a across the board. But yes, Abe, the ref was terrible. Uh, speaking of speaking of the captain, how do you evaluate uh, goalies Stephen Fry's uh, performance last night? You know, overall, I thought that he he did a a pretty good job. It's obvious that he's not a hundred percent. Yeah. With that being said he at 80% is still better than Stefan Cleveland. And I, and I'm not taking anything away from Stefan Cleveland, but Stefan Fry since 2014 has consistently been um, like over that period of time, since from 2014 when he took over the starting job for the Sounders till now over that span of time, he is by far the best goalkeeper in major league soccer. Wow. Consistently. And, and he is not, he's probably not going to ever win goalkeeper of the year. Um, He's going to be one of those players that uh, is the best overall at his position consistently. And just, you know, um, there was a, a couple of years ago, he had the best season by far statistically. Um, but uh, the, the award went to um, a player who makes flashier saves and is on the East coast. So, um, I mean, here's the other thing though. I think that, Brian Schmetzer got out coached in this. Game. I was going to ask that. Did he, did he wait too late to bring in the, bring in the reserves? He not just waited too late. I think that Brian Schmetzer is a great motivational coach. Brian Schmetzer is an underrated tactical coach. A lot of people think that he's just like, rah, 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 go, go fight win. And I think he has ingrained that that they never give up they never die they never surrender and if you watch the last five minutes of the game you saw that i mean it came down to a rui diaz shot off frame from you know 12 yards out in the 94th minute with the time ticking down of the sounders down three to two i mean if that thing goes in i mean we're going but to the kicks. fact that they fought and fought and fought even though they were down three one but brian schmetzer has two weaknesses as a coach he likes his veterans. He likes his guys, right? And so that's why we keep on that, that, that's why we keep on seeing Shane O'Neill, who tries hard, right? At, at, at center back. And he's he's the guy that got called for um the 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 penalty. He kick. got called for the PK, yeah. And, and and I thought it was a pretty bogus foul because he got the ball. And yes, there's contact, but just because there's contact doesn't make it a foul. And and a foul is supposed to be, in, in every sport that there's a foul, it's supposed to be a breaking of the rules that gives you an unfair advantage, right? Not just like a kind of sort of maybe, right? But like a clear advantage. What was it that you did that was unfair, right? Right. Mm -hmm. And and it wasn't there, there wasn't anything in that. Well, they were going to get a corner anyway. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it, 
it, it was it was it was a very very soft um, penalty kick. Yeah. But here's the thing: Shane O'Neill makes one of these plays a game. Where here's the thing: there's no reason to make that that tackle. None. You could have pushed him out. Well, you could have pushed him out. He's on the end line. He's not going to get around you. He doesn't have the momentum to like be able to fake you and turn the corner and go at, at the goal. Right. So, so what is he going to, what's going to happen here? He's going to try to kick it off of you for a corner. He's going to try to cross at a bad angle without good vision, kind of desperation. He's going away, like in essence, not going at the goal. Just stay on your feet. Don't, don't do anything, right? Make a better decision. And and Shane O'Neill makes at least one of these plays a year, and it hasn't really come back to bite us. It finally did in this game. Um, here's the other thing. As I really think this game needed a Will Bruin early, like as in starting, okay? At the beginning of the season, the Sounders started with two forwards. Rui Diaz is our assassin in the box. So you didn't like Freddie Montero out there instead? I love Freddie Montero. <laughs> Freddie Montero is wily. Yeah, yeah, I, I get it. But that's He's, who you if you wanted Will Bruin, though, that's who you take out. That's who I take out. Absolutely. And here is why. Will Bruin is the power forward um that beats up the opposing defense. He Carl, is Carl Malone. He is Carl Malone. He or or to do a football thing. Um he's bam bam chancellor. Is it what he is? I mean, he, or, or uh, you know, running back. I'm trying to think who's a, a Tom big Rathman. Tom Rathman. Tom Rathman. I mean, just pound <laughs> you, pound you, pound you, and then you bring in your fast, shifty guy, Roger Montero. Craig. Just think about this. <laughs> You've been dealing with a big six foot two uh, guy who's fast and strong and has been posting you up all night, and then you sub in Freddie Montero, and you have to deal with him juking you out of your shoes. It's really hard. Instead, they did it the other way. They did it the other way. And I think that that was a mistake. Here's the other thing. Just if you want to look at just results, the first 12 games of the seasons, Bruin basically started the whole season. Sounders were undefeated. He got, he goes off injured, right? We go to a one, a one forward system. And I think that it has a place. I think it's like a, a club in our bag, but we've really stuck with it with, um, with with two attacking um, midfielders, and at the beginning of the season we didn't have Ladero, and so we had to adjust. And Christian Roldan kind of played this central midfielder who would sometimes like do these diving, darting runs right through the middle of the defense that he that he does, where he, he catches you off guard, and then all of a sudden he's sprinting down your throat. And that that dynamic has not been at back at play. Um, yeah the last, you know, 20 games uh, the Sounders have played and this was the type of game to do something like that. Um, and uh, I, I think Schmetzer got out coached. I mean, the, the, the other, the other coach, by the way, just, just a note, he had a 20 year career as a field hockey coach What's and then that? switched to soccer. Wow. <laughs> and now he's at one of the top clubs in Mexico and obviously is very successful. <clears throat> All right. Any, um, any, uh, <laughs> that's fascinating. Any last yeah. thoughts on the Sounders there, Rich? Um, this is a very, very good team. They're going to make a run into the playoffs. They're probably going to end up being the one or the two seed in the West. Um, tune in. I mean, they're, they're, they're playing on uh, Saturday and then, I mean, and, and these games are going to come hard and fast. I mean, we've got like two week, uh, two games a week, basically for the next, the next few weeks um so uh it's 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 the final run it's gonna be really good and um and this is a really deep team like one of my biggest complaints the last few several years has been we have no no bench no depth i don't trust the guys on the bench this year it's a completely office opposite it's a wealth of 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 reserves and um, I think that uh, they can re regain some of the mojo they had at the beginning of the year. I, I think we're in, in really, really good shape. Right on. All right. Well, let's go ahead and go to our shout out section of this show. It's uh, I know Brian Solak's favorite part of the show. So I'm going to start with you. Today. <laughs> Got a list of 15 people. <laughs> I will keep it short. I'm going to give a shout out to two gentlemen we did separate podcast with over the last few days and they'll be up on salesportunion.com 
probably within the next week to general manager Danny Tezoff of the Everett Aqua Sox and Aqua Sox super fan Adam Bressler. We thank you for talking to us and it'll be up uh, as soon as I can meet up with Abraham. We'll get those posted. Great. And Richard the Ram Michelson. Do you have I'm going to give a shout out to the Seattle Mariners who continue to defy expectations, yep. <laughs> busting all the stats, all the saber metrics, <laughs> all the it's Tom the fun Fury. differential. Yes, run differential. All the oh, all fun differential. Um, uh, the fun <laughs> differential too. Yeah, there's a yeah, there's a meme for that now. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, anyway, um, I'm glad that they've given the the fans of Seattle a a good a good time and something to to hope for and look forward to for the whole season. Yep. Um, regardless of where they finish, this is far better than like blowing it early. And then like rallying late, but you're still five games out, right? Like, uh, you know, what whatever happens these last ten games, it, it's been one heck of a ride. And I mean, I'm I'm trying to think of the last time the Mariners had a season like this where they were in contention this late. And I, I don't I don't know when it was, like 2008, maybe. Hargrove era. <laughs> uh, no, there was one where we won. Oh yeah, well in contention, I guess. Yeah, we, we won like ninety two games one year with with Cano. Yeah, but we were out of contention, oh. weren't we? We weren't in contention. Yeah. Well, Matt, uh, Rich is excited about the Mariners. Yeah, he uh, stole my thunder. I was going to give a shout out. No, to the you were Surprised the heck out of no, you. No, you weren't. <laughs> Who, who's your and shout the fun out? Fun differential. Who's your shout out, Matt? Who's my shout out? Well, now I got to change it. How about the Kraken? They open up. A um, the, yeah, like, the Kraken please. opened up their uh, their uh, well that their practice uh, place in uh, Northgate this week uh, or this last weekend. Uh, a lot of us went and got our uh, jerseys or other you know hats and so forth. Um, and we're looking forward. Uh, they're going to have an exhibition game here in Everett on the first. That uh, at least me and Abraham are for sure going to, and Solak might also attend. And uh, it's going to be great. It's going to be it's going to be a great season. I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, go Kraken, seriously. Right on. And I'm going to give a shout out to the concessioneers at the Seahawks Stadium. Severely understaffed and severely unappreciated. A lot of, unfortunately, drunk jerks were at the game, giving them hassle when, look. Wait, there were drunk people at the football game? Yeah, imagine that. But they were giving them a lot of hassle (laughs) that uh, I don't think they deserved. You you can only do with what you got. Uh, Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, thank every thank you everybody for joining us this week at Seattle Sports Union Podcast. Uh, my name is Abraham Deweese. Again with us were Matthew Page, Brian the Soul Man, Solak, <laughs> thank you, uh, Richard Richard the Ram Mikeson, and Robert the Soul Cow Seahawk English. On behalf of the whole team, we'll see you guys next time. Check out oh, check out all our great content SeattleSportsUnion.com as well. Check out all of our great content uh, on. Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, and other po- other podcast channels. And as well, check us out on social media, Facebook, and at Seattle Sports U on Twitter. See you guys next time. Go Hawks. Go Mariners. Go Mariners. Go Mariners. Go Mariners. Go Mariners. Go Mariners.